first time we've ever done this, but we're uh, having communion together every time we meet in February to just pour our hearts out to the Lord. So if you're online, then just expect it next time we get together. We are doing it in our prayer meetings. We're doing it in our, even just our small groups, just everything. It's just been, we've been having some really awesome, powerful times with the Lord, and it's only the 13th. Uh, Anyway, I'm excited about I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. I just, um, Lord, I th- I know that you have good plans for us. I know that you are using this this church powerfully, this body. We just pray for strength for us, and we and and I pray for joy in sharing testimonies of your goodness. So as I bring this message today, Lord, I pray that you bless the message, and as always, bless the messenger, that I may proclaim your word clearly. I pray that our hearts are prepared to receive as we pour out our love for you this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right. I have a... Have you guys, has anybody ever just had a week? You know, you just had a week. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> there was a couple of times last week when I was having a week. And um, I have this really awesome group of ladies that um, we have a little group and, and we get together every month or so whenever we can because everyone's busy, you know what I mean? And, and um, so I was, I'm just going to share with you a little story of, of me having to make myself lean on my friends in scripture in a hard time, because today I'm going to talk about a scripture in James that says, consider it joy, brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of various kinds. That's, it's like, what? Whenever, what? I'm always just like, okay, Lord, your world, like, works so much different than this planet. Like, your kingdom, the things that you ask us to do, the things that you are trying to grow in us, the things, the way that you do it is so counter what this earth offers. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm at work, I'm having a week. And I'm having a week where lots of stuff is going on, and I'm having a week where I'm not super excited about the way I've responded to these things. Have you guys ever had that happen? You're like, I thought I was saved, but apparently I'm not, because <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not quite that bad. But I'm ha- some things are happening that are totally out of my control, and the way that it's being handled by some people 
upset me, like, and made me really angry. So, and I'm so, so I'm at work, and it was kind of like a really long day, and so we're doing, the, we're going through it, and I'm trying, I'm like, I believe it, you know, I'm trying to encourage myself, I'm trying to strengthen myself in the Lord, I'm trying to do the things that I know how to do when I have, like, my own little anchor scriptures that when, when, I, I don't want to be one of those people that are tossed back and forth by every weird thing that happens. And so I have these anchor scriptures that I, like David, I try to strengthen myself in the Lord, right? And so uh, by the end of the day, I'm, I'm kind of like, one of, my, one of my girls was like, Jen, you look bored. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to be mad for a second. Why didn't you just let me stay bored? Like, because I was angry. And so I get to the end of my day and I'm at home now and it's like, eight o'clock at night and I generally go to bed at nine so I text my little group of friends I'm like you know girls I am on the struggle bus okay I am mad and I can't like get it out of my system and I know that like scripture says so this is some of the stuff I'm strengthening myself with the bible says that it's okay to be angry but in my anger do not sin okay so how do I do that and then it says don't let the sun go down on your anger don't give the devil a foothold. So here I am. I'm mad all day. I'm at home. I'm like, I'm all, this is what I said in my text. I'm like, I got like an hour to figure this thing out, you guys, <laughs> because I'm going to bed in like an hour and I need, I, I'm like, I am not going to give the devil a foothold. I am, I am not going to let the sun go down on my anger. I have to figure this out. And so one of the girls texts me this and you guys, she she does know that I've been preaching on righteousness and grace recently, right? For the last about month, month and a half, I've been talking a lot about God, you know, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he gives us the grace to deal, to do the stuff that we're not, you know, that he asks us to do that's really hard and all this stuff. So here I am, I'm preaching this stuff, and I'm learning it. I learned it, but I'm, lear- I'm relearning it. That I'm apparently in a, in a season where I'm relearning principles that I already knew which is not the funnest place to be, but so I'm here, and I'm like, she sends me this thing, and she says, and it's in James, and it says, human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Okay, so this is in James chapter 1. You know what also is in James chapter 1? Consider it joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds. So, and, so when she sent me that scripture and I saw the address, because I don't know if, if you guys are like me, but there's some scriptures that I know exactly where they are in the Bible, and there are some scriptures that I know that they're there, but I don't know exactly where they are. So she sends me, you know, it's in James chapter 1, verse like 20 or something. And so I know I'm going to open up my Bible, and I even told her this. I'm like, I am very mad right now because I know that I'm about to open my Bible, and I'm going to have to skim past, consider it joy, brothers and sisters, when you, <laughs> when you encounter um, trials of various kinds, because when you, uh, when, I think the way that I, that I remember it is, because when, when my faith is tested, it produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work, so that I will be perfected, and I will lack nothing, so this is something that I, I knew the scripture, but I hadn't ever thought of it in this context before, so I know I'm going to have to go past this to get to the human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God wants, right, so I'm here, and I'm like, okay, so I'm currently in a struggle, in a trial, in a messed up situation that I have absolutely no control over. The only thing that I have control over is myself, how I respond. 
Some of our situations are brought on by ourselves. Everybody understand that? Like you're sometimes living in the consequences of your past decisions. This was not one of those times. This is one of those times where I had, I, I felt, oh, this is one of the things that was making me so mad. I don't know if you guys get like this, but when I have no control over my situation, I get mad. I get angry. Like, and especially if it's stuff coming down from other places that I don't have. I, I'm just like, I feel like there's nothing that I can do. I can't. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into it. So I'm in this place where I am in a trial, <laughs> and I am irritated, and I'm mad, and I'm trying to lean on my friends, and I'm trying to lean on scripture to get me through this, because I am like, I am not giving the devil a foothold. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let the sun go down on my anger. I'm not going to go to bed mad. I'm going to go to bed with peace. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And like I said, I had about an hour to figure it out. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and I'm... You guys ever wrestle with scripture? I'm like, Lord, this doesn't make sense. So I'm in a trial, and you're trying to say, this is what you're saying to me in, in this book here that I have decided in my heart is true. It says when I'm in a trial, there's something that's produced in me that the end result is that I'd lack nothing. Does that make sense? kingdom of God is weird. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're seriously telling me this. So, um, and then I'm like, you know, I go to the gym. I lift weights and stuff. And I'm like, I never, I never like, some of you guys go to the gym. Some of you guys lift weights. Some of you guys understand that you don't lift nothing and hope to get strong, right? It's like, I put the stuff on the bar for a purpose so that I can get strong, right? You put your weight on the bar, you, get, you every once in a while, like we have this thing called a one rep max. We see how much we can lift only one time. And so, you know, you're, 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 you're like, oh no, I can lift this. Now I got to put more on. And then, oh crap, now I can lift this. this. is getting really, I can't even count this high. I'm trying to get my calculator out with all my plates and stuff. And so, so what I don't want for you guys to get out of this is that God puts us in trials to strengthen us. But what I am saying is that when you do, when you do, when you go through trials, when, <laughs> he is saying, when you face those things in faith, you will have perseverance built in you, produced in you. So that's good news. So it's kind of crazy because it's like if you think about it, here we are, we're in this world, but we're not of the world, right? Scripture says that we live in this world, but we're citizens of heaven. We, are, we live in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. We're not, I think Matt sent me a scripture, like those that, have, that love the world are at enmity with God. Like we're, if you are in love with the world, like that's what you desire. Not that you love it because we are supposed to love it, but when you desire the things of the world, which your body will do, you are putting yourself automatically in opposition to God. And this is hard for us to understand because there is a spiritual realm that is more real than the physical realm that we can see. And until we understand that, then we won't be able to understand that, that, um, the things that happen in the spirit are the things that strengthen us 
in the, so that we can endure what's in the natural. Does that make sense? I, listened, I read this book called uh, The Insanity of God, and one of the things is kind of about the persecuted church, and it, it just is a really beautiful book um, and a really hard book to read, but one of the things that they said, the persecuted church never asks for the persecution to end. They just know it's going to happen. What they ask is that if you're going to pray for me, can you pray that I'll endure? If you're going to pray for me, can you pray that I, will, that I will endure? If you're going to pray, like, don't pray for the pressure to be lifted. Pray that the pressure will do its work in the, in the word of James. Pray that, that my faith, in my faith, that, I will, that perseverance will be built in me and that through that, I'm going to go to James so I don't have to keep doing it from memory. Um, so that through that, I will have everything that I need. So it says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, endurance. I wrote this down. The word means steadfast, cheerful, hopeful, patient. This is what it means, guys. Check it out not swerved from their purpose, not swerved from their purpose and loyalty to faith, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. So when we go through this hard, tough stuff, what happens is that when we go through it in faith, that steadfastness, loyalty to our faith, um, being not swerved from our deliberate purpose, no matter what, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. That is what gets built in you and in me when we go through these things. And so, so what, what the world wants us to do and what our flesh wants us to do, what our bodies want to do is, I am in pain, get me out. I do not want to be here anymore. I need to leave. I need to figure out a way to alleviate this pressure. I need to figure out how to get out of this situation. I don't care by any means. That's what our body is like. Oh, I'm very uncomfortable right now. I need to get out of this place. But God is like, no, actually, I want, this is what I'm asking you to do. He's like, I'm asking you to consider it joy because when this happens, you are growing strong. You are having something produced in you that is going to make it. This is what, how the verse finishes out. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's when this starts to happen inside of us that we can literally, some of us can't fathom Christians in prison Christians in persecution in, in countries where you're not allowed to worship, where they have to ride, you know, ride a horse and take a carrier pigeon for three days to get to church, and church lasts for three days or whatever. Like, it's crazy. We can't even fathom some of the stuff that they go through, but it's because they lack nothing. Because they, they understand they have, they have built it into their, their lives and their souls that they lack nothing. When we can get to a point where no matter what is going on in, the, in our physical realm, that, that we are good, that we lack nothing. And the way to get there is considering it joy. 
considering it joy when we face our trials because God wants to strengthen us and he wants to complete us. He wants to get us to a place where we are completely reliant on him, where we are mature and complete. And the vessel that he uses to do that is to produce endurance inside of us. The way that you get in the gym to back squatting 300 pounds is by doing it. It is by doing it 50 50 pounds first, then 60, then 70. You got to do it. You're never going to ever squat 300 pounds until you squatted 295, until you squatted 275, until you squatted 250. You have to do it. If we want to be complete, if we want to be mature, if we want to be, um, if we want to lack nothing, we have to get this concept. And it is not fun. This is not the funnest message that anybody came to church to hear today. But I'm telling you, you guys, that, that there's, I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to go to Paul talking to the Romans about this very same thing in, in chapter 5. And it's, it's this, um, it's part of grace. We've been talking about grace recently. God's supernatural power working in our lives. Girl, you know what? We, kids, children, brothers and sisters, we want God's grace working in our lives. And we have to have God's grace working in our lives to be able to be going through something and to be able to consider it joy. When we face our trials, we need God's grace for that. God's grace, the righteousness that he bestows upon us, and the ability to walk through hard stuff and consider it joy is all interconnected. It's, it's intrinsically connected. It cannot be separated from each other. You can't have joy and, or you can't have um, the finished work of the perseverance and the endurance without it starts with that joy. It starts with it. And, and, and sometimes joy looks like I'm happy, right? Joy, Alex talked about joy, work, uh, joy a few weeks ago. But, and sometimes it does uh, show itself as I'm happy, but sometimes it shows itself as like this peace that is this, let the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your heart as you trust in him. So all of these concepts kind of come together in, in a person as we walk through this life. Like we need all of these things. Does that make sense? Like we have to be able to enjoy, endure hard stuff, man. Life is hard and we can feel like we're getting knocked you know, for a loop here and everywhere. Like, I can think of people in this church. I was just telling one of my friends yesterday that there's, there's people in this church that are just, it feels like they're getting crushed from all sides. There's pressure from work. There's pressure from family. There's pressure from husband. There's pressure from kids. There's pressure from everything just piling up. And, and as I'm getting this concept, my prayer is no longer, Lord, release the pressure. My prayer is now, Lord, strengthen her, help her to endure, because I know that you are doing something beautiful in this pressure. You did not create it. You didn't bring all of these things upon us. You don't do that to, to teach us a lesson or whatever. Oh, you need to be strengthened in this way, so I'm going to make this happen and this happen to you so that you No, he doesn't do that. The world is built in such a way, this earth 
that there is a natural enemy that's trying to destroy us. So God doesn't have to add pressure. The enemy does it on his own, and we do it by partnering with, with him, right? Sometimes, like I said, the things that we go through are created by us, by our past decisions. But, but we have to have these, these things, and we have to actually start to be excited about the pressure, be joyful, find peace in these pressure situations. Because, you know, there's other parts in Scripture, I think. Isaiah, I can think of one. Zechariah, I can think of one. Where the Lord's talking about his people shining like gems. Gems are created under pressure, guys. Sometimes they're created in labs by people, but the natural ones, they're created by pressure. And so, yes, sometimes we can, are human, like we want to relieve the burden. We want to bear our brothers and sisters' burdens, just like scripture says. And so we want to, we want to pray, Lord, relieve some of this burden right now. She can't take it all. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's a good prayer. But don't be surprised if he leaves her there and if, he, and, if she, and if she's left there, if he's left there, if your brother or sister is left there, it's okay to pray, God, I pray that she will endure. I pray that he will endure. I pray that, that, that endurance will finish its work, that this person will be matured that they will understand that they lack nothing, that they will be matured and complete. You know, this is, we want the church to be matured, like it says in Ephesians, that, that, uh, we'll be the, that the apostles and the prophets and the pastors and the teachers are, are, are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And then if you go a little bit further, it says, so that we will be matured, so that we won't go back and forth by every wave of doctrine. And we want for for ourselves to be matured, but this is part of the process, walking through this stuff, praying through this stuff with each other, being in community, strengthening. You know, have, Roman has his Jesus friends, have a group of Jesus friends that you lean on that will minister to you that that love you that want the best for you that will you that will send you a scripture like human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires that is a hard scripture to receive from your friend when you're mad right but but it's exactly what what ministered to my heart it's what it's what got me to this point where I and I did you guys I went to bed that night meditating on consider it this is joy i don't know what god i don't know what is gonna be built in me right now but i know that i'm going to be stronger tomorrow than i was today and i was and i was meditating on on what it looks like for endurance to finish its work for for me to be perfected in this in this work and and for me to in my trial somehow get to a spot where I can go, I lack nothing. I have everything I need. And when, you, and when we look at Paul, he says, 
he, he, he's, in his letter to the Romans, he's like describing about righteousness, and he finishes verse, or chapter four with, Jesus was delivered to death for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification, and therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. See, these things are inextricably connected. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. This whole thing, this is a backdrop, in a backdrop of grace. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only do we boast in the hope of the glory of God, he says we glory in our sufferings, and that word is the exact same word that means pressure. We glory, we rejoice in our pressures. We rejoice in our trials. We rejoice in the bad stuff that happens to us. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Our, our pressures pre- in, dealt with in faith and in joy, when we, after we rejoice in our sufferings, they produce perseverance. It goes on to say produ- perseverance produces our character, and character produces our hope, and our hope doesn't put it into us to shame because God's love's been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So it's like it starts with pressure, and then it ends with the love of God being poured into our hearts. Like when, when, we, when we see how these things are so interconnected and how the end result is the love of God poured out through our hearts, the end result is us having hope, us having a good character, us being the type of people that can handle pressure. The world needs group of, a group of people that can handle pressure. The world needs a group of people that are willing to be put under pressure and to be formed into what God has set each one of us to be. So that, because it, if it, we all know that, the, that eventually this world that we look and see is going to end. It's going to end. And there's going to be a group of people that God holds up like shiny gems and this is going to be you, and it's going to be me. It's going to be all the people that, that, that understood that part of that process of becoming a gem that can be held, the, the, the display of his splendor. It talks about, um, talks about the Lord holding up a, a diadem, which is like a, like a crown of jewels. You know, this is his church. These are his people. And he doesn't have to work hard to create pressure for us We have a natural enemy that's trying to destroy us. So it really is a no-brainer for us to partner with the one who wants us to have life and glory and love versus the one that's trying to send us to eternal um, gnashing of teeth and, and fiery yuckiness. I mean, there's one that wants you dead. Once you're totally disconnected from God, totally disconnected from each other, and God is like, no, I'm calling you to community. I'm calling you that in, in this stuff. It's crazy that the, that the thing that is designed to, to kill you, God flips the script, and he's like, no, this is designed. If you do this in faith, this is going to actually elevate you. 
This is going to promote you. This is going to, to complete you. This is going to finish, finish you. You are, when you are in this, you are going to lack nothing because I have taken care of everything. I have already sent my son to die for you. And so, so as, uh, as we, I think it talks about in scripture about how we can, um, we identify with him in his death so that we can identify with him in his life. So we can put to death the part of our body that wants to be like, no, I must leave this uncomfortable situation. It's very hot in here. We can be like, no, that's not what we're doing. No, your body is not the boss of you. You are the boss of your body. Your spirit is the, the superior um, entity between your body and your spirit. Just like the spirit realm is the superior realm. The physical is the inferior realm. The physical is the one that is going to be gone someday. And the spirit, your, your spirit self is going to live forever somewhere. And what we do in this life determines what that is. When you get to a place where you can go, I lack nothing, it's, I, I actually, for some reason, after, um, after I was meditating on like the scripture that kept coming to my mind, and actually the scripture that I had already planned to speak on this week, which now I'm going to just a tiny bit, is this. It's in Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His divine power has given you everything you need for a godly life. And guess what is in the middle of this little, it says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. So we start with faith. We're adding goodness, adding knowledge, self-control, perseverance. Is in this same process. God's like, he knows that you're not going to go from faith to immediately godly love. So he's like, okay, guys, listen, this is what we're going to do. He's like, so this is Peter. He's, he's writing to the church. He's trying to strengthen the church. He's like, listen, church, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and by his own goodness. And through these, he has given us great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires this is showing exactly what i was just talking about you have a body that wants that desires some one thing and you have a spirit that god you have given it to him and he is calling you to take your body with it because your body is going to try to take your spirit too does that make sense so he is like, hey, listen, through these promises, you can participate in the divine nature. Through these promises, you've escaped corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to add to goodness knowledge. Add to knowledge self-control. Add to self-control perseverance. To perseverance godliness. All of these things produce the next thing. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from ever being ineffective and unproductive. Like we are meant to produce. It talks about fruit in the Bible, right? 
Like we are meant to produce something. We are meant to be matured. We are meant to, to be, we are created to be the display of God's splendor. We are created at the end, we're going to be the ones that are lifted up. My people are going to be saved and I'm going to lift my people up. I want, um, this isn't the funnest, this is not the funnest word to to talk about, but you guys, um, being able to consider it joy is absolutely, inextricably, it cannot be separated from joy, from peace, from righteousness, from grace. All of this stuff is made possible because of the righteous standing that you are now in. All of this is made possible because of God deciding that he wants his grace to, to, to move through your life, to be able to, to enable you to do the things that he's asking you to do. You don't have to consider it all joy on your own. I promise he will help. <laughs> he will help. His word will help. His grace will help. And having a faith community, having some Jesus friends, that, that are along the same road as you are will help. So um, I'm going to have you guys stand. I want to pray for you. And we'll pray for whoever you guys want to win the Super Bowl too. Um, <laughs> if any, any, I know there's a few of you guys that care about that. There's a few of you that are like, oh, it's Super Bowl today? I didn't even know. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to have the ministry team come up because uh, I know that there's some people that have a few words for some of their brothers and sisters, so I want to give time for that. Um, Lord, thank you. Um, I'm thanking you for the, the trial that I went through last week, Lord. I'm thanking you for the hard stuff, the pressure that I'm under. And I, and I thank you, God, that for the work that you're doing in my life, that I was actually able to find a tiny bit of joy in that. And I thank you that your word is true, Lord. And I thank you that you are reliable, that you are faithful, and that you, that you take care of us, that you equip us with everything that we need to handle the things that we need to handle. I thank you for the way that, just the way that you've set things up. The, the, just the superiority of your kingdom over our, our, our earthly kingdom that we inhabit, that we are in, but we are not of. I pray for, for these scriptures and other scriptures that your people have equipped themselves with for us when we're going through hard, these hard times, Lord, that, that these things will come to mind. And that we will be able to overcome our bodies. And we will be able to, to put them in their proper place as we, as we hold tight, as we hold fast to your word, to your promises, to your principles. I thank you for your grace that is released into our lives as we understand more and more that we are righteous in you we are holy and blameless in your sight, that we are in right standing, and that anything that you want to release in, in us and through us, that we are worthy of it because you said, not because of anything that we've done. I just thank you. I thank you for just, just having us in your hand 
that you sustain us, that you give us everything that we need. And I pray for just supernatural joy to flood each situation. Each one of us as we go through and we have our own pressures and our own trials that we're going through, I pray for supernatural joy to come and envelop us and to, and to call us Godward as we're, as we're facing things on this earth. We just love you, Lord. We thank you. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.